MSU basketball recruiting appears to be heating up. Fall sports may be cooling down, but the first week of July Twitter question power rankings is just right. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines, Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, as always, by the man who asks, why use a bidet when you can just use your hand to splash toilet water up there? Kevin Greck. Greckers, how you doing? The bidet is the only way to make it just right. (laughs) The listening audience can be forgiven if uh, you invent reasons to rewind back just to hear Jonesy say just right into your ear several times because good, whew, it's hot in this room. <laughs> you turn the fan on. That's not the July heat, baby. That's all uh, me. Uh, that's just right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that. I'm going to extract that uh, and uh, provide it to our you know, listening audience is like a, is like a, a playable gif or something. We'll figure something out, but cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, of course, folks, thanks for joining us. Uh, as mentioned, this is can't read, can't write the podcast that discusses sport, uh, Spartan athletics. Uh, if we could ask you a small favor, please share this pod with the Spartans in your life. Give us a follow on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. And of course, sincerely, please rate review. And most importantly, subscribe to the show. We'd very much appreciate it. Um, Kevin, before we get to our presenting sponsor, let's uh, want to give the folks a little rundown of the structure of the show. You want me to do the structure of the show, Michael Jones? Feel a little spicy. Oh, Feel a little spicy. That's very nice. Okay. First, we have the green wall, where football always leads, except for this week when it doesn't lead, basketball leads. But then we'll talk about football as well. And that will cover what's going on on MSU's campus. Then we'll go off Grand River and talk about other news topics across the country of interest to us. And then we'll take your Twitter questions because this is the first week of July and we're reintroducing the July power rankings of the Twitters. So uh, (laughs) it's going to be a good time. We've got some great questions. We went through them all before hitting record and a lot to look forward to. I can tell when you're on the spot because you do voices. And those were weird voices. Um, yeah, I was practicing all of this. Let's continue. Uh, well, tell us about Fraser's Pub. Yes, our presenting sponsor is, of course, Fraser's Pub in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, where you can get uh, one of those dad pops that Kevin just cracked. Um, mm-hmm. Fraser's is open, continues to be open for um, for dine-in, for drinks, for to-go drinks, for to-go food. So if you're looking for a uh a relaxing uh good pub fair sports bar in the ann arbor area there is nowhere that we can recommend more than fraser's pub uh they've taken great lengths to uh, make your dining experience as safe as possible and i'm realizing kevin i messed up because i didn't ask what the beer of the month was oh and so uh, let's speculate shall we let's speculate <laughs> wildly well, it's <laughs> let's make huge promises on on the part of our sponsor. This is our opportunity. You know, if you build it, they will come. Let's what's the best beer on tap at Frazier's? Well, I don't even know what's on tap because it's a rotating tap selection. 
Oh so, my God. Whatever your heart desires, that's what's on tap at Fraser's Pub. Go there, get that. Whatever your favorite is, it's almost certainly there. And it might even be the beer of the month. So, which means uh, for those who don't no know, reason, the beer of the month, $4.99 for a 23 ounce of whatever the beer is. Um, and uh, it, it's a great deal. Cannot uh, overstate, though, the food, pretty legit at Fraser's. Um, you're getting sort of a classic kind of, uh, classic old school sports bar, uh, sports bar vibe indoors, but the food is pretty fantastic. So if we could ask for those who are comfortable going out, um, please check out Fraser's pub. Uh, of course with with the shutdown uh, that happened, you know, your business means a lot and your patronage means a lot. So whether that's, uh, getting a to-go order or dining in, um, they would love to see you. Please tell them can't read, can't write, sent you. Um, they, they are genuine friends of the pod. So, um, check them out. But with that, it's the second week in the row that basketball is going to lead on the green wall. And, uh, it's because if, if things go according to plan, rumors are true. When people are listening to this, uh, we will have another five-star commit to Michigan State Shooty Hoops, or it'll be shortly after you listen to this, and that is in Max Christie. Greg, tell the folks what they need to know about Max Christie and why <laughs> why it's weird that this would be a uh, like a headline story, but we had a money last week, so <laughs> it's a little bit weird. So this. The only reason we really feel comfortable talking about this, we don't want to cover recruiting in great detail, but there today there was a deluge of national recruiting analysts kind of shifting their their crystal balls or their long-term watches or whatever it is from Duke to MSU, including Brian Snow, who's very well known, and uh, some others uh, across the recruiting landscape. So it seems that in all likelihood, there is an imminent commitment from Mr. Max Christie, who is of the class of 2021, uh, the number one rated shooting guard, uh, 13th overall player, number one shooting guard in the class, and number one player in the class in Illinois, which is relevant uh, because Tom Izzo has always kind of struggled to recruit out of uh, Chicago, especially at the high end and especially against Duke, which is where everyone thought Max was headed uh, before three or four weeks ago, except for me, because devotees will recall that I, uh, in a Twitter question, called this because we're, you know, call it a pecan wire (laughs) extra crunch uh we just you know that's what our sources told us at the time so very exciting max christie hell of a player unbelievable like it's unfortunate for max that if this does indeed come to pass that he will be committing kind of in the in the shadow of amani bates though i'm sure the heat from amani bates has a lot to do with this um amazing shot like smooth shot when you go and look at his highlight film like that it stands out he's looking to gun the ball and it it is pretty impressive he's also just kind of a smooth operator on the floor he brings it up effortlessly finds guys keeps his head up he's got some he's got some handles 
And he's relatively tall. He's 6'6". And Tom Izzo shooting guards of late have not, you know, necessarily been in the 6'6 range. They've been in the yep. like 6'2 range, 6'3 range. So he's a proper shooting guard. This is not a, a slashing wing necessarily, although I'm sure that will be greater and greater a part of his game. Uh, but very, very exciting. Uh, and we're, we're happy to have Max in a class that people are speculating that Amani Bates may reclassify to, but not necessarily the case. So at the very least, he will be MSU's second commitment for the class of 2021, um, which both of them top hundred prospects. Uh, so very, very encouraging. Yeah. And if, if Amani did shift this if the Imani commitment did shift this you've got to wonder um is is this just a little bit more smoke around the notion that that Imani is going to reclassify because something we didn't cover at length last week which I, I think is worth mentioning I know we're supposed to be talking about Max Christie right now um who again in his own right we would be thrilled you know, aside from Amani, but I guess this is a testament to to how good Amani Bates seems like he'll be. But we didn't cover last week the the age issues, not issues, the just sort of age restrictions that Amani has, such that there's a world in which we get Amani Bates for two years. It's possible. Like, and I kind of don't think that's being talked about enough because. Like, he's just young right now to the point where even if he didn't reclassify, he'd have to spend a year either playing college or going to the the G League. If he did reclassify, he'd already be in college. And then what? Is he going to go to the G League after a year of college? Right. He stays in college during that time. It, It seems like... I keep seeing people that don't seem to know anything saying like there's only a 20% chance that he, you know, spends even any time in college and a 0% chance that it's two years. If the name image and likeness stuff comes through going to college is the fastest route to that family cashing in on his capabilities as a basketball player, the fastest way. And I believe uh, Florida just passed their name, image, and likeness law, and it will go into effect in twenty for twenty twenty one, which puts a lot of pressure on other states to to match that accelerated timetable. Um, assuming you know, assuming Congress doesn't step in, I, 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 it's also worth I guess to spell it out for people the. If if Amani Bates reclassifies, he will not be eighteen. So he can, he can't go to the G League. That's not an option. So maybe he goes overseas, but that seems less likely. Um, and so if he reclassifies, college is really the path. And then to Kevin's point, by his second year, he will be eighteen, but he will not be nineteen which means that he will not be eligible for the NBA yet. So do you leave a, at least a, a modern blue blood in Michigan state to go play in a, you know, small market town, which gets no national coverage 
or do you stay somewhere that that keeps your your name as the obvious number one pick in the NBA lottery? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in all likelihood, he would be the name in college basketball. Every, I mean, if indeed he is as billed, and it everything indicates that he's he's a pretty damn good basketball player. Yes. What is the likelihood that? At that point, the $500,000 contract or whatever it would be for the G League would pull you away from whatever it is that all of that press and all of those, all that television coverage isn't worth in terms of like present, not even future. If name, image, and likeness goes through, it'd be present right. uh, deals from for, for sponsorships and those types of things. Uh, I have to imagine that those things would greatly exceed anything that the G League could do. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, it seems likely to me that if he reclassifies, he could go to school for two years. Yeah, so uh, this so is... Sorry, it, Max, it, you're <laughs> listening because you're like, hey, I committed. I'm really excited about MSU. I want to listen to an MSU uh podcast what's the best one? Oh, can't read can't write of course obviously can't like, read can't write uh so uh let me listen to it and he does and he gets excited because we talk about him but then we just start talking about imani bates again max you're a great player we're thrilled to have you um and Assu- we'll assuming again next we, don't want to jinx it but assuming that everything I'm, is believed to be true is true i'm talking to, directly to max right now because he's excited to have just committed tomorrow to msu so i'm talking to him now about that. yeah Listen. uh we we should probably do a bit of a scholarship breakdown maybe next week uh because things start getting a little bit of a little bit of weird um you have to start predicting some people leaving probably um leaving early uh for these guys some to of get- whom may be leaving early voluntarily like this is yeah not that's a- yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, what's it, what's happening with Rocket? Um, yeah. You know, it, like, because Rocket may well have it, but, we, and we're gonna get to COVID here in a second uh, because actually, let's just table this whole conversation and we'll go through maybe not roster by roster, but like, let's let's table this thought and come back to it. Uh, put a pin in it, as they say, and move on to football. Uh, the sport that normally leads leads. Uh, but uh, I had a little surprise birthday present, Kevin. Yeah. I, uh, you know, uh, I got the, the notifications on for when, when uh, Mel Tucker tweets because, yep. you know, and um, I see Mel Tucker strong, baby. tweets and the gif is out. The bat signal is blasted that we have a new commit. And I'm like, what? Who is this? Anybody? And lo and behold, uh, we picked up a tight end, kind of, from uh, the New Jersey area, uh, Jake Renda, who I believe is out of the Trenton area of New Jersey, and last year was playing quarterback. And it sounds like maybe a fine quarterback. But Mm -hmm. then Jake says, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach and is headed to IMG Academy, um, which I believe we discussed on an earlier pod about IMG Academy. Yeah, 
they produce a lot of football talent. So we've discussed them a couple times. Yeah. So uh, Jake is going to play tight end for IMG. And when that, when the announcement came that he was headed down to Florida, um, the power five offers started rolling in and um, which is a testament to, to the quality of athlete that IMG produces. Um, So Jake's got a, Big build. I believe he's six five. I want to say two thirty five. Um, apparently very athletic. Got some good wheels on him. Uh, should be an interesting senior year if there is one. Again, all things asterisk COVID. But mm-hmm. either way, an exciting pickup, and uh, and it goes to show that. Um, with all the buzz that is around certain athletes that, that Tucker's still doing the the hard work as best he can right now. Yeah. And again, this is a brand new coach trying to recruit under ridiculous circumstances. So it's tough. He's going to have to find some diamonds in the rough type guys. He's going to have to find some under recruited type guys. And yeah. this staff that has been hired in is going to need to convert them into football players eventually. So yeah, We'll see how it goes. But, uh, Jake, you know, if you have any speculations about Imani Bates, uh, <laughs> let us know. Tweet at us. Uh, yeah, that. I mean, we're all really excited. So yeah, well, Jake is. Uh, it, it's worth mentioning is only actually ranked by one recruiting service as a three star, or as it ranked at all, um, and that's by virtue of his position switch. So um, looking forward to uh, hopefully a great year, senior year for him in high school, um, but. Uh, welcome and uh, go green. And then we have to turn to uh, a, a less exciting story. Um, yeah. Why don't so you this drop this one? Today. Sure. Uh, Andre Ryzen, uh, Rise, Ryzen, uh decided to go to the media today about an incident that he experienced at halftime during his time as a student athlete at MSU. Uh, Andre alleges that an assistant coach, uh, Buck Nystrom, uh, slapped him at halftime in front of the team, sort of a public act of humiliation. Um, And of the incident, Andre says that, uh, quote, that man had no right to hit me. And I think it's the position of the podcast. I think I can speak for both of us that he's correct in that. Um, No place. There's no place for that kind of behavior. Um, The, there are other things surrounding this. If you read in the free press, it says that Andre is not comfortable on campus. Uh, I don't understand that because I know that he finished his degree and he was like, working with D'Antonio's staff for a while. And I saw him play in the MSU, uh, like alumni basketball game, um, at Jenison a few years ago, like his brought his son to campus before he transferred away and then got into legal trouble. Um, so I, I don't know what that statement's about. And I know that Andre has some domestic related things in his own past, but that the important thing here is that the assistant coach in this case, who unfortunately this is a complicating factor is in the MSU 
uh, athletic hall of fame quite in the same way that Andre Ryzen himself is. Um, so I, I don't know what to do with this other than to say that absolutely Andre is correct. And that was inappropriate behavior. And, uh, and I, and, and I'm, I don't mean to call you out on language, but like, I think we would go farther than saying it's inappropriate. It is, it is, it is full stop wrong. Sure. Um, Yep. You know, I like, again, I'm not, I know what you were saying. I just wanted to be sort of clear that it's unacceptable. You know, I know it was 1986, but it was still wrong then. Even if that sort of a thing may have been more common then, hitting a person is not okay. Um, so anyway, I didn't mean to to derail you there. But like, yeah. Um, it, 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 but you know, you raise an interesting point about the MSU Hall of Fame because, um, I would certainly be curious to peruse that hall and and find out how many of those people are people that we want to celebrate. I mean, we may celebrate them as athletes, but does, does that mean they should be given a pedestal? You know what I'm saying? You could say the same thing about Andre Rayson. That's, that's my point. That's is that you, you bring up an interesting point that certainly this would, if, if this is something, and it sounds like what, based on what Andre is saying that, that uh, this particular coach was not uncommon for him to do this. Yeah, uh, which, apparently he had a bit of a reputation for this, which would so. would very much call into question whether he deserves a, a spot there. But so too, you know, does a um, a criminal past uh, also call that into question? And and I, I, you know, these are whether it's uh, in in light of um, the conversations we're having now because of Black Lives Matter, or or conversations we're having or ha- have had and continue to have a, in the, in the wake of me too. Um, they're, they're nuanced and complicated for sure. Um, and it, and, and always uncomfortable. Um, but that's not a bad thing. It's, but it's important to start having those conversations too. Yeah. Which we'll get into off grand river. Do you want to just yes. go to that? Shall sure. Segue? Uh, yeah. So we'll just head straight off grand river. Um, should, should we say walk sign to cross grand river <laughs> oh man that i should go it, get a recording of that yeah just enter it um podcast yep. will come out late um Continue. so uh news came out today um a statement rather from Rasir bolton um who formerly played for penn state as uh on their basketball team um point guard transferred to uh iowa state he's now cyclone yes um he said that one of the reasons that he left uh penn state was because in a conversation with pat chambers and his statement does not give context on this but that uh pat chambers uh discussed or used the term noose um with him not just and generally, the noose being around his neck. Yes, uh, yes, correct. Being I'm sorry. Yeah, that's an important neck. point. That, that, yes. that a noose being around his neck, and so that that was the context of of uh, Rasir Bolton's statement, and um, that this uh, after that conversation in which he felt very uncomfortable, 
that he he brought it to people within the athletic department um, to whatever Penn State calls uh, is it their institutional equity um, office? Is that what yep. Michigan State Probably. calls it? Their yeah. version of that, um, mm-hmm. and um, and was given very uh, what he described as uh, superficial and um, basic resources, but it was also sort of told just you got to learn how to deal with Pat. Um, that statement was, or the statement from Rasir Bolton was a bit alarming, but um, uh, Pat Chambers was quick to respond. Um, and, and as his, as we all, uh, learn, grow, listen, do doing all the hard work, particularly as, as white people and white men that, that need to be done. Pat Chambers, uh, statement was interesting. Do you want to talk about it, Kevin? Uh, well, he said kind of the things that you would have wanted him to say to Rasir Bolton in that peer mediation area immediately after the incident. Now, it sounds like that didn't happen at the time, and that was what made Bolton so uncomfortable. And in fact, when Bolton's parents got involved, Pat Chambers remarked to him that he was impressed by how, I think it was, quote, well-spoken and organized his parents were, which is, of course, another racially biased statement. Um, Now, the full statement that was made to Bolton from Pat Chambers is something along the lines of, and of course, none of us were in the room, but it was agreed upon that in its full context, what Pat Chambers said to Bolton was, quote, I want to be a stress reliever for you. You can talk to me about anything. I need to get some of the pressure off of you. I want to loosen the noose that's around your neck. So I think that this is a good opportunity to show that, Pat Chambers was what he was trying to say to Bolton here was we're trying to take pressure off of you. Um, and and then he went and said something. And wrong. yes. So what Pat didn't understand at the time, and now he seems to from his statement is that you can be saying something, you can have good intentions in this way. And then say something racially insensitive. That is what's important. That's what we're trying to improve here. And I, I think culturally, yes. I, I think speaking as a, as a white man, I think I see frustrations from other um, white people about like, you know, anything can be taken the wrong way. Like, yes, th- that is possible because there is a huge racial history behind the concept of a noose. So yes, even if you have the best of intentions, you can say something that is grossly culturally insensitive. And what we're trying to do societally is recognize those things and understand how it is that we can improve in those ways. It's the same reason that people were justifiably upset by the figures of African-American people hanging from the tree in the Wharton Center gift lobby. Right. I think almost like ornamental, like, like Christmas tree ornaments is what they appeared to be or merchandised as, but, but do the the people there, do they mean to make it look like a lynching? 
in all honesty, probably not, almost certainly not. But what's important is that you can recognize those symbols and you can recognize that history and understand this is not something that we should be doing. I shouldn't be phrasing things this way. I shouldn't be showing things that way because of a huge, gross racial history that we have in the country. And that's the hard work that you were that you were referring to. Because yes. I think people of Pat's generation come from a time where racism is like a binary thing. You are either, it, it's the same stuff that people get upset about with Joe Biden for saying, like, you are either a racist or there's not a racist bone in your body. And now, of course, we've moved on that there are degrees of racial sensitivity that um, that we're all sort of on and implicit biases and those types of things. So... I, I think this is a good example, in fact, of the type of stuff that we need to be improving on as a yeah. society, right? And yes, and 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 I I would also say that it, again for and apologies for for talking past uh, any people of color who are listening that that are like I don't need your tutorial, but it is worth we're two white dudes, and so we got to talk to white people who are listening to us because. especially if you want to do better, if you want to lead on these things that you're going to mess up, you're going to say something wrong. You're going to not consider someone's viewpoint. And that's, if you are coming from a good place, that's okay. It's okay to mess up. The important thing is how do you respond? And the response should always be, I see you, I hear you. I'm sorry. I will do better in the future. And and so that's Pat, all it takes. But you you need to do that in the moment. So Pat, right, the yes, problem yes, is yes. Pat Chambers isn't doing that until now. What was what was said at the time to Bolton and his family is, you know, coach, ah, classic coach, right? right. With this classic noose talk. <laughs> you know how it is. Got to get used to coach. So. This is a good lesson for all of us. Man, yes. Pat is going to say things like, you know, I played basketball my whole life. I've been in this community my whole life, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, you haven't because you haven't picked up on these things or you didn't want to or whatever the case is. Um, so I, I'm interested. I mean, Pat Chambers got as close to being fired. <laughs> I think... I think there were some coaches that I've seen get fired that were less close to being fired than Pat Chambers was <laughs> at one point. So like Pat Chambers, I thought it was done that that dude was fired two seasons ago. Ended up having a good season last season. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen to Pat, um, but I thought that this was another good opportunity for us to talk about, you know, the issue here. And, uh, a good use case for it. Yeah. Cause it, it, everyone should feel comfortable being, uh, should, should try and work on being more comfortable in that you can be wrong in the past and that doesn't make you a bad person. You, you, you can acknowledge privilege and that doesn't mean you're a racist. You can be racially insensitive and still not be a racist. But what's important is how you react to that moment. And, mm-hmm. and Pat goof, Pat did the wrong thing here. Um, though saying the right things in this moment. And so um, this, this continues our weekly PSA on, on uh, black lives matter. And, and just as, as two guys who are also trying to be better. So um, 
with that, let's move to uh, Ivy League. It, yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, let's just talk so, about the Ivy League. It's an Ivy League podcast. We're pivoting, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to the to the to the league that is honestly leaders and best, if I can be so bold, mm. on COVID response. Um, we'll oh, all We'll all recall there was that moment where the Ivy League said, yeah, we're shutting basketball down. And we were like, yeah. what? Come on. And then 24 hours later, we were like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, so the Ivy League is apparently seriously considering moving fall sports to the spring. Uh, what's not being said there is what that means about winter sports. Um, in essence, basketball. Um yeah. This is being reported uh, by a number of sources. CBS has this. Uh, I think the USA Today Network had it. I believe ESPN has picked it up. Um, and look, it's also worth mentioning um, Ivy League not filled with dum-dums by and large. Um, yeah, and, and they try to lead by example. So they they did the thing... Like you said, with basketball, they've reduced, they've tried to reduce the amount that football teams have contact that has filtered down to, you know, power five conferences. They tried to reduce, um, the amount of time that student athletes have spent, uh, practicing that has not filtered down so much. So the Ivy league, what they do doesn't always, you know, filter down to the power five because the incentives and this is always about money are significantly higher for the power five conferences to have football yeah. than they are for the Ivy league. The Ivy league doesn't need football. The power five desperately wants football. The problem is, as we're about to talk about MSU might not have any new COVID positive tests, but if they've got no one else to play, what are you doing? You having like a green and white game every Saturday in front of, 5,000 people? Is that your plan? Um, I've already been yeah. to those. I, I don't think that's something you can do over and over again. So you're not going to get game revenue for that. No. Yeah. Then we're not going to watch that on ESPN or on NBC or, or ABC or whatever. So I, uh, I kind of think this is going to be the first domino to drop. And before you know it, one of the major, a couple teams from other major conferences keep an eye out for some ACC teams, perhaps that don't need football to the same degree. Um, or the Big Ten, I could see the Big Ten just saying we've evaluated everything and it's infeasible to play football in the fall. Uh, we're going to push to the spring and start working on indoor facilities for some of our teams or whatever the case is. Um, this isn't good. Uh, yeah. And, and, and well, it's funny because, uh, you know, listeners know that, um, in the past we've had a friend of ours on who is a, a public health expert, um, who, who chastised us after last week's episode where we said we would probably go to games with social distancing. And he was like, you guys are getting a C minus on this episode from a public health standpoint, <laughs> which was um, a generous C minus, by the way, it was, I like how it was, just letting us pass. <laughs> I like how we trafficked in, in sports fantasy for one week and Plum was like, this will not pass. Uh, <laughs> you stepped out of line. 
That's uh-uh. speaking truth to power. Speaking truth yeah. to power. Um, no, he was right to do that. No, he, and he was. And and so, I, look, I think we I, we've fluctuated, right? It, partly based on headlines and partly based upon pure sh- selfish desire about wanting to have sports back. But I I believe, you know, back in May late April, we were saying, yeah, it's not going to happen. And then the sort of machinations of, of sports moved forward. And we started to have glimmers of hope, especially with reopenings. But, you know, and, and there was that, there was that brief moment where states like yours and mine were starting to move towards open. (laughs) and the states that clearly didn't give a shit about public health hadn't turned into hellscapes. And there was that brief glimmer of hope where we thought maybe, maybe we were kind of coming to a place of acceptable spread. Um, and then that died. And so, but I think we got to go back to our initial analysis, which is there's a good chance that there's a strong chance that football does not happen in the fall. There I mean, a, the first, the first games are happening eight weeks from now, seven and a half weeks from now. Right. And the most comprehensive big 10 plan for how it's going to work is from MSU. And it is vague. It's like, you know, there's going to be like general seating in some areas. We don't even know who's going to get tickets. Like, it's coming up fast and no one's talked about how travel's going to work, how player interactions are going to work, any of that stuff. Yeah. And the players so, all said they need six weeks. The majority of players said they need six weeks to be ready for games. So we're eight they, weeks away. That could happen. The six weeks could happen. The problem is all of the logistical stuff. It just seems less and less possible all the time. Yeah, well, it Especially. seems it, it seems possible for MSU, but if you, if you're Clemson and a, over a third of your GD team is COVID positive right now, and God knows what the spread is going to if there's more that's happened, so you're potentially starting your six weeks of workout without a third of your team. Yeah, I, 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 I guess I just kind of want to emphasize football's probably not happening. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't want that, but it's reality. And there's a strong chance basketball's not either. I mean, as soon as one of these guys goes to the hospital for, with COVID, I think it's yeah. over at that point. So All it takes. A- the, yeah. The, the thing that we probably should be spending more energy not just as a podcast, but like as a sports community and, and, and to the extent that people actually advocate to um, anyone who gets to make these decisions, which I don't know how much that happens, but there are real logistical consequences from this. If sports don't happen, players didn't play a year of eligibility. And for some of those players, it matters a lot for the next step in their career. Yeah. And that, and then if we're not playing sports in college, we're almost certainly not playing high school sports. 
So it, that affects recruiting, that it affects offers, that affects development. Like, I mean, this is, <laughs> look, I don't need to say this is a big deal because it's, I mean, too many people have died and, and obviously too many people have gotten sick. So this is a much, much bigger deal in sports. But if administrators aren't having serious conversations about what's next, what happens when we don't have sports? I mean, is, is Josh Langford going to be like 30 by the time he finishes suiting up in the green and white? Yeah. It's a real possibility. Yeah. Man, these, um, these, uh, these COVID things, it's a, it's a real pickle, huh? I mean, <laughs> this whole thing, it's tough, huh? Mm, Not real tough. Straightforward. Man, if only um, we had a stronger response to this uh, national health crisis, but whatever. But uh, last thing. Yes. Last off Grand River topic is uh, related to uh, more racism. Um, so, it was reported uh, end of last week that major sponsors for the football team in Washington were applying a lot of pressure. Um, and uh, the, the one quote that I, I, I particularly enjoyed was FedEx communicated to them that, quote, we have communicated to the team in Washington our request that they change their name. Um, Nike and Pepsi apparently were also applying pressure and, and it says something when, when FedEx's comment to the media did not reference the team name. Yeah. Um, which I mean, this from what a guy, what 10 years ago, maybe, maybe less seven years ago said that they would never change the name. Yeah, that he did like rather shut down the team or some garbage. Listen, it's over. You can't have a slur as your team name. Just change the, change it. Good God, you were so overdue on this. Just yes. change it. And and, then, and what's very cool is it, we'll get to the the team in Cleveland in a second. But there are a number of of names that are being uh, sort of put forth as great options. One of which is the Washington Red Tails which would be a celebration of uh, black pilots in World War II whose uh, planes were signified based upon the the red on the tail of their plane. Mm. Um, so uh, weird way that we, we segregated and identified their planes, but um, all the same is very cool uh, way to, to actually lean into and celebrating diversity. Um, and, and, you know, an homage to where you're from. I'm, I'm going to put a bet down and say the pendulum doesn't quite swing that far. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think Mark Snyder's going to go that far? Yeah, it'll be the generals for sure. Um, the But so the, the baseball team in Cleveland, um, who has been slowly walking away from some of their... Um, from their mascot, I guess is the best. Yeah, way certainly their iconography has changed. I've basically only seen the black C from them for like a few years now at this point. 
Yeah, continue. but they with they with less obvious corporate pressure. I'm sure there was still some, but less very public corporate pressure. Um, said that they were they were exploring a, a team name change. Uh, Terry Falcona, their uh, their manager, had said um, that that you know he's he said in the past I would have said something about how this was not uh, coming from a bad place, but that's not the time anymore. The team, the team name needs to change. And so um, it look, there there's a lot of work, a lot of places that we have to do. Um, I will be more thrilled when these teams change their names because uh, races are not a mascot. And certainly, uh, you know, a cartoon depiction of races is never a good look. So, um, but, but what about the Spartans, Michael? (laughs) That's a race of people with a cartoonish mascot, but he's badass. Um, but, (laughs) but anyway, and the answer to that, in case anyone is wondering is if the Grecian descendants of the Spartans get really upset about it or were systematically oppressed by the United States and uh, its citizenry, then uh, we'd be having that that conversation. Yes. But to my knowledge, there are no such issues. So continue on. Yeah, no, yes, you're 100% spot on. Um, The... So, look, there's not a lot to say here other than it's an encouraging dialogue that's happening. It will be a rewarding dialogue when it actually changes. Um, But the fact that Mark Snyder has gotten his thumb out of his ass on this one is... Oh, it doesn't count. You don't get any credit for this. You're being forced to do this by your sponsors. It's absolutely... I'm, I'm not saying he's not a terrible person. He is. Yeah. I'm just saying that the fact that that the corporate money has, has actually caused this far. Yeah. Yes. A, a, a change in the dialogue, um, is, is a good thing. It doesn't make him good. It's just a good thing. It's a good indicator for where we are societally because those corporate partners don't want to be pushing that kind of stuff either. So they, they feel that they need to, at this point to be associated with the Washington football brand. So anyway, Shall we uh, head off to Twitter questions? Yes, let's do some. Oh, before we do, we got to say a word from our other sponsor, of course. Uh, Our dear friend Brandon Sands is a mortgage loan originator who is licensed in many a state who wants to let you know that if you're in the market to buy a home or perhaps if you're paying more than 4% on your current mortgage, you might want to be looking into refinancing because mortgage rates are the lowest in U.S. history. And so uh, Brandon, who has closed over 10,000 loans, sets himself apart because he has a consultative approach. He'll sit down, drink with you, talk about your long-term goals, short-term goals, of course, discuss your credit, your income, et cetera, all that stuff related to buying a home, what your loan interest or your mortgage type is, yada, 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 own, own, own. I'm a millennial. I'm not quite that sophisticated, blah, blah, blah. Wow, but Brandon way to is talk down on you, to you, to yourself during a, an ad. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll discuss this later. But I want, but yes, get, uh, Brandon. Brandon is is genuinely fantastic. Really smart guy. 
really thoughtful. And the the call is free. <laughs> that feels like an infomercial. But the call is free. The consultation is free. He will go over the products that he has available to him, pick the one that's best for you, and let you know what the best option is that he can provide. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Brandon, if you want to save some money on your current mortgage, you can find him at rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's R-A-T-E dot com backslash Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. Rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. Beautiful. All right. All right. Jonesy, introduce to the people that that are new to the podcast the entire concept of the Twitter power ranking. Yeah, so we got sad there was no sports, uh, so we decided to gamify our Twitter questions. And so the way it works is that you can ask as many questions as you want, but we're going to pick your best four, the four that we like the most. And then uh, whoever has the best four each week will be we will we will rank you top to bottom t to b and uh and they will be put into an algorithm that greg <laughs> has, has has set up on a very sophisticated excel spreadsheet it honestly <laughs> out does what i can do and the important thing to know is that the most important week for questions is the last week so you can always it's never too late. It's, it's never, never too, too late, late, dear listener. Um, but if you didn't ask this week, you probably really want to get in next week with at least four questions. You do want to be represented, basically, as much as possible. So get in next week, but it's never too late. You can still totally win. And the prize at the end of all of this, Jonesy, is... A gift card to Fraser's Pub in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So Indeed. Uh, you can, if you're not in the Ann Arbor area, gift it to somebody. Um, we don't care what you do with it. You can pay it forward. Yeah. Pay it forward. Um, reach out to the can't read, can't write community. I'm sure someone would take it off of your hands. Yeah. Um, but let's get into it. Uh, first up, Anthony Garvert. If Kanye picked a VP for his presidential run, who would it be? T Swift. Obvious. Duh. Come on. It's a dream ticket. Dream ticket. Also, (laughs) Also, you know how in like all media about the presidency, the president and the vice president never get along. This would be like perfect. There'd be so much palace intrigue. It, um, it would be it would be straight up veep. Like yes. that that scenario is veep written all over it. What about you? Who do you got for for Kanye VP? I, I mean, that would be my answer. Uh, obviously, otherwise it's you, you buddy. Oh, okay, sure. I'll serve with Kanye. Um, or it's uh, what's the the mother Kardashian? Her, Chris. Yeah, sure. I believe Chris. Next up from Garvert, what is the best city in the Midwest outside of the obvious answer, East Lansing? I mean, so the obvious answer seems to be either Indy or Chicago, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Chicago is the easy choice because it's the second city. Um, what if we just limited it to non-super metro cities? Um, so I'm going to say this is going to be a very unpopular decision, but I'm going to say it. Columbus is not a bad town. Okay. Yeah, I buy that. I've only driven through it, but I know people that like it. Uh, I will give Bloomington a little shout too. Uh, Bloomington is probably the only other city that we've seriously considered. 
moving to and living in. Mm, um, all right. Yep. The problem is the rest of Indiana. So anyway, next up from Garvert. <laughs> Will we be published or in the trankings for typists in our questions? Well, you will be you will be punished for this question. <laughs> it's not a very good one, Anthony. You've done better. You've done much better. We uh, do copy edit your questions, though. If the um, if the errors are in good faith, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah, I do feel a little bad that we. What was it? Lynn asked us a question a couple of weeks ago, and we were like. I have no idea. And so it was like, what's the over under on Dan's in, in the stadium? And so we had to answer it in good faith. But uh, yeah, we, we copy edit. So. And finally, for Mr. Garver, what is the best TV show of the decade? You can pick uh, one comedy and drama. All right. Do you, you got an answer to this? For comedy, I'm going to go community. Uh, I think that is the best one of the decade. I think. I think it's one of the few shows that has gained more cultural cachet after it ended. It was never really that big, but there's a lot of jokes and a lot of like references and zeitgeisty things that come from it. I think a lot of people don't even know, like the concept of the darkest timeline comes from that show. Um, In terms of drama, uh, I have a real soft spot for the first season of True Detective. Uh, mm. So those are, those would be my two choices for this. What about you? So um, this is, I guess, for comedy. And I don't know that this is a I'm I would say last week tonight, but I'm assuming this is a sitcom situation. No, it's a it, comedy. That's fine. Well, then I, I will, but I will put in a, if it's sitcom is what he's going for. Um, I'm a huge fan of Barry. I think Barry is fantastic. Okay. Um, for drama, as much as it pains me to say, it's hard not to think of, of Game of Thrones. Is the best drama of the decade. Oh, but it ends so poorly. I know, like, I know, I know, I know. You don't. I, I've read the books multiple times. Like I, they, they did terrible things on that show. Terrible things, but still. Okay. Um, next up, Taylor Anderson. Best strategy for surviving the upcoming civil war when states are locked back down because idiots from all walks of life refuse to stay home and wear a damn mask. Important note, Taylor, if you are wearing a mask at home, you are doing this wrong. (laughs) Yeah, don't need it there, buddy. Um, Tips for surviving that civil war. Uh, Get to know your shipped uh, uh, shopping person, you know, build Uh, a rapport with them. Get a bidet. Get a bidet. Yeah. They'll help you get, you know, the really uh, essential and in demand supplies. Um, So be generous in the tips there and it will pay off in the long term. That's that's my recommendation. What about you? Um, So uh, definitely bidet. Uh, I would also say when you go to the grocery store from now on, just pick up one can, just one can that you don't need. Put it in a closet, a basement, wherever. Just. Start stocking up. <laughs> yeah, not a terrible idea. Second up from Taylor Anderson. Do either of the hosts watch any racing series? 
he wants to set up future questions while other sports are inevitably canceled. I have bad news for you, Taylor. No. Yeah, no. I mean, like, I'm aware of Formula One drivers, but I'm definitely not watching Formula One. You know more uh, than I do. Yeah. Taylor, we're going to disappoint you on uh, on the whole uh, racing thing. Did you watch any of the basketball tournament this weekend? I did not know there was a basketball tournament. Yeah, there's a there's a Thunderdome bubble situation going on in Columbus, I believe, uh, with a bunch of teams playing for a million dollar bounty. Basically, um, I saw the highlights. Bounty. I didn't watch any of the games. Yeah, it, the the winning team splits a million dollars. Basically, um, was it like three on three? No, five on five. Oh, and okay. a lot of teams are like college affiliated so dawson and brandon wood were on a team oh that's what was on the twitters okay yeah but there were other teams going as well um it's basketball you know it's it's basketball it's at a fairly high level so i might start watching some of that just to see how it goes um next up from taylor anderson uh best side dish at a cookout can't recall if that's been asked before um so I would say I if you have baked beans or a mac and cheese out, I am all about it. Mm. Um, I personally have a great spicy mac and cheese recipe that uh, shout out to Vodka Soda 19 uh, for that recipe. Um, that's pretty fantastic. But uh, that would be I will go all in if they're either of those dishes are there. I'll load up and they'll be right next to each other so that I can kind of mix them in at the end. Oh yeah. There you go. I, all I can think about here is I'm a simple Midwestern boy. So a little corn on the grill. Like Ugh. that's all I need. Yeah. I'm not, I don't do food. I'm not like a food dude. Um, speaking of food, CTNTC asks favorite food off of the grill. I mean, steak, Right. Yeah, a it great burger, a though. It's not a lot of work. It I mean, takes four minutes. It. it takes four minutes on each side. Eight minutes total rest for five minutes. I promise you I'm going to teach you how to grill a steak. OK, it, it is great. It is the easiest food. You want to do right. it right? Salt it in advance a couple hours. Ooh, there you go. All right. You got to think ahead, though. That's not really how we do dinner here at the house. How we do dinner is, hey, it's 730. Should we consider feeding ourselves? Look, what's available? You got an an anniversary coming up. We are going to talk about steaks and you're going to crush it. Okay, I look forward to that conversation. (laughs) Uh, Next up from you didn't answer. What's your favorite food off the grill? I'm I'm, I'm just going to go with a, a Kogel's hot dog. Vienna. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. A specific right. hot dog. A red hot, perhaps you could even say. Um, next up from CT and TC, how good at swimming are you? Not. Yeah. Not. I'm I'm I would say uh if if you drop me in the middle of one of the Great Lakes, I have a limited survival time. Bro, very if anyone gets time. dropped in the middle of the Great Lakes, they're in trouble. Um, it, it, even assuming hot tub level sort of temperatures, like it's not a big deal. Still limited survival time. Dude, uh, I think a lot of people would really 
yeah. Anyway, um, I can I can pass. I'm not the all time best swimmer, but I had lessons when I was a kid. So you know how rag. So did I. Lessons. We had a pool when I was a kid, and I still suck at swimming. Mm. Um, next question from CT and TC is: Which would you rather? MSU goes undefeated against Michigan in basketball, but loses every game in football over the next five years or the opposite undefeated in football against Michigan and loses every game in basketball to Michigan. Oh, see the CT. I appreciate what you're trying to do here. I think he, I think he's trying to kill us because like he does that. That's his thing. This is a sort of Dom's wet blanket. This is easy though. Cause the answer is a loss in football is much more debilitating to your season, especially when it's in division. And again, Michigan fans might not understand how important it is to get in division wins because you need those to get to the Big Ten championship game, which you actually have to be in to win the Big Ten championship these days. So again, a a Michigan fan might not understand how important football is. So the answer is I will take the football wins and I will lose the basketball games I'm not going to be thrilled about it, but that is what I would do. Kevin, uh, I, I just want to be very clear for a Michigan fan who might be listening. You win a division. Is that what you said? Yeah. And so then, on the, and then, on, then you go to, you go to a, a, a different game. So, yeah. So on the quest to win the national championship, which inevitably that team is going to win every year, of course, it's not just the national championship game. You have to win now a play-in game into the national championship game. And in all likelihood, you have to win your conference championship game, which is a separate game from the rest of the season. And again, I know that you don't understand any of those things. You haven't experienced any of them, but we can, on a separate podcast, talk about how that whole process And works. And where is this game played? Well, you know, the conference championship game is played in a place called uh, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Again, um, Michigan fans never been there, so um, (laughs) probably don't know that it exists. Um, So, yeah, Uh, football is the answer and you're dumb if you choose basketball, right? Like it's as simple as that. (laughs) Yep. Sorry, CT had to dunk on you (laughs) for a second. Uh, Favorite pasta noodle is CT's last question. And I this is actually in my mind, a strong question. Yeah, I like this one. Does gnocchi count as a noodle? I was just thinking about that because literally had some yesterday. I think we disqualify gnocchi. It's potato based. Uh, Okay. Potato or cheese based. Um, uh, What what do you think? What comes immediately to mind for you? Uh, um, Probably penne. Maybe rigatoni. Yeah, I'm going to go rigatoni on this one. Cause but you know, like, I, I'm going to say CT and TC, you didn't ask this question. In my mind, most underrated pasta noodle, Ditalini. Oh, yeah, of course. You can fill a soup up with those tiny little, little O's of excellence. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Rigatoni, because that's sort of the pasta that I like. Are the ones yeah. that you wouldn't normally put in a rigatoni. Give me something meaty. Uh, Next up is a first-time questioner, always thinking 1835. Uh, 
burner account? Probably, I think, from Graham Couch. Uh, Almost certainly. Only. I mean, he's he's supposedly off this week, not on Twitter. And then we have this account that just pops up, only has one follow, and it's us. Obviously, Graham Couch. Um, Always thinking 1835 asks, what would need to happen for you to share your Survivor audition tape? Hashtag release the Grek cut. Let's set something up. Let's let's raise the stakes and then I'll see if I can find it. Um, You know what? Actually, um, we we have a bit of an announcement about uh, raising some money for charity at the end of the pod. That may be, that may be a, uh, something that should be on the auctioning block. Yeah. Maybe we can offer it up to the highest bidder. You get I, your I know who's going to win that bet, but, or win that bid, by the way, I will mail my only VHS copy of the tape to, uh, uh, to the winner of that competition. Maybe, um, Next up from always thinking 1835, if you had to go to a different Michigan school for your undergraduate experience, what would it be? And as a follow-up, what is it about Albion college that made you choose there? <laughs> uh, I, I have some ba- uh, bad news for you. Always thinking 1835. Um, uh, what, what is it? The Roland colonials or wh- who, what are they? They're the Britons. Oh, cool. They're the Britons. We're going to celebrate them. Great. Uh, not choosing Albion. Um, I think I would choose Western. Yeah. Kazoo's a, a, a cool little town and uh, they got a cute little campus. Um, yeah. They, and they've got teams that are interesting to watch. I, I think I choose Western. Uh, yeah, I'm on board with that. You could also just choose K College. Um, I would choose Albion College because if I can't have Sparty, I might as well have the next best Sparty ripoff with the <laughs> Albion Britain. Uh, uh, so why not? There uh, we go. Next up from Always Thinking 1835 is segment fishing. <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate that you are acknowledging what you're doing. <laughs> Big Ten schools as comic book villains. Is this I, good I enough kinda, to be a segment? I kind of like this. I think we could run through this at some point in the future. Uh, so we're going to put this on our future segment list and you get credit for coming up with something we might actually do. Always. Yes. That this one was, was good enough to not just say, eh, let's F it. Let's just do it right now. Um, all right. That's good. Uh, last question from always thinking 1835 is which MSU athletics venue has the best concessions and what is the single best choice while you're there? Greg, I'm going to defer to you because everything has changed in East Lansing, but I, I will say from my time, I thought the hot dogs were best at Spartan stadium. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, there's a venue at Spartan stadium and they have really worked to improve the concessions there, uh, that has chicken and waffles. And I've heard that they're pretty good. Um, but the answer is if you can get an ice cream sandwich, that's probably the best concession. I think there, I think the the question is which, like which stadium has the best concessions. So I'm going to go Spartan stadium. Um, and I'm going to say, but honestly, as long as you can get an ice cream sandwich, you're good wherever you're at. All right. Next up Raymond chains. First question right now. Oh, Greg. Raymond has too many questions. Oh, God. Uh, 
No, he doesn't. We're going to drop the last one. There we go. Continue on. <laughs> Raymond's first question right now, summer collegiate indie baseball and a brief MLB season are underway. Will you take in a game? Do you support this? I'm going to end up watching some of this, Raymond. I don't know if this is going to be a personal betrayal for you, but I think I'm going to end up supporting any kind of sports that actually end up on TV. Well, you said you already watched the basketball. Well, I watched highlights from from the basketball uh, game. And those guys are doing the bubble method. They all had their tests and then they go into confinement for the duration of the uh, of the tournament, which is not very long. So um, it's not quite the same as what MLB is doing. It's not quite the same as what Major League Soccer is doing. <laughs> well, and, um, and it's worth mentioning that that uh, the Washington Nationals had to shut down their their training camp because too many positive tests. Yeah, um, that's happening in Major League Soccer as well. Uh, so I, I I think it's worth actually shouting out MSU athletes for doing the tough work of actually socially distancing. Um, cause it's pretty awesome that they've, so, you know, knock on wood, not have had more positive tests, but you know, Raymond, I would just say one of the things I go back to is that in previous times of crisis in the country, We've had sports to turn to. Uh, certainly in my lifetime, it was 9-11, right? Like our lifetime, it was 9-11. Yeah. But it, it, it's not unique to just 9-11. And so I, I think we, as a country, there's something that we need about this. And I probably would watch. Plum's going Plum's gonna to get at us about this, but I probably yeah, would watch. We're going to get an F. We we're not even going to this <laughs> two weeks in a row. Uh, uh, go ahead. Next up from Raymond this week on D'Antonio Cam, Grand Valley State University attempts to blackmail Coach D into accepting the job as head coach, but Pat Narduzzi rolls into town with some tricks up his sleeve. That that wily Pat Narduzzi. I like how he dumps Pitt to go be the coach at Grand Valley. Um, that's <laughs> that's awesome. Um. I love not a question, not a question, but I'll comment on it. I'm going to watch this show, Raymond. When you adapt this for Netflix, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch the hell out of it. Um, Next up from Raymond, Jason, Nick and Graham couch have abandoned us. Will you abandon us too? I think uh, the upper deck jerk guy who will be on at the end of the show to read his questions on air as promised. Um, I think he said that he hopes that we abandon <laughs> abandon them. Uh, no, uh, you'll notice this is a professional outfit, and we don't quit. Um, frankly, you know, I know Graham is soft. I'm a little sad about Jason. They should have been there. Indeed. We're here with you to the bitter end. Uh, and Indeed. finally, from Raymond, aside from sports, what has COVID taken away that you missed the most? uh people yeah, i mean dude, just like being able to do anything like, i i yeah i'm i'm tired of walking down the sidewalk and having to view another human being as a threat like that existentially wears on you agree 
Yeah. So it's brutal. It's brutal. But we've talked COVID enough. They don't they don't need any more uh coverage <laughs> from us. Yeah. Okay. Uh next up is E Lindbloom, which I would like to say uh we got pronunciation clarification. And I was right. We got, the, we got we got pronunciation in the media guide for this. So appreciate that. Uh first question from E Lindbloom. If college sports move to the spring, how will that affect high school, high draft potential football players? This is a great we question. Kinda, yeah, I mean, we kind of covered this, but I mean, the draft, I presume, is not really moving. Um, maybe the NFL will move it to some degree, um, but it, it's entirely possible. Some of those guys play partial seasons or no season at all, and it's up to uh, it's up to the NFL to figure out Who's maybe they do. Yeah. Maybe they do an expanded combine of some sort. There's, there's a lot of ways the NFL could figure this out. Um, But I, I, I do think you see if, if college sports do move to the spring, if, if football moves to the spring, I, I wouldn't blame anyone who is thinking about the draft from just sitting out. Right. Like that's not crazy. They yeah. they sit out bowl games. Why wouldn't they sit out a season that may or may not actually finish? Yep. So next up from E Lynn Bloom, uh, if God forbid COVID cancels all college sports for the year, do you think the NCAA will change roster limits for the following year? They'll have to. They'll, I kind of they, they have I kinda to. I kind of think they don't. I bet they oh. don't do it. Oh, that's there, messed up, though. You, you've you made promises to players. You've made promises that they will get X number of years of an education during which they play sports. Like, And you'll have delivered those years of education. Most universities aren't going to want... Oh, oh sure. Roster roster limits. Year. Right. I, I, was, I was conflating roster limits with scholarship limits. Yeah. All right. That's, that's a fair point. Um, that's a fair point. I bet it doesn't change, but, Um, but if they, if they do mess with the scholarships, which actually is pretty complicated in football, because you're going to have greater spend on football, which means the title nine implications are quite large, right? I mean, that's, that's up to 25 extra scholarships that you're giving out. Well, it would work out if you were doing that for all of the women's sports as well, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think that the schools don't want it to happen and they would make the NCAA be the bad guy on this. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, no, this, this it's a, it's we'll a good question. This is, it this is, is super complicated. Again, this is why, as we said earlier, we need to start paying more attention to the God forbid, because honestly, I don't think God is forbidding it. I, I, I think we are in this moment and we're being tested on, on how forward thinking we can be, whether it's sports or at large in the country. And we need to, we need to start having these conversations very seriously. Um, next question from Elon Bloom is at Chris Solari. That is the beat writer for the Detroit Free Press on MSU. Mentioned that we could possibly have a money for two seasons. Could we see back-to-back championships if that happens? 
Well, as Max Christie remembers, we talked already, we speculated about this during his segment. Uh, sorry again about that, Max. Uh, we'll talk about you next week, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, can you imagine we get that dude for not just one year, but two? Like, With MSU Max Christie? Would, I mean, presumably Max Christie goes pro after his one year in 2021. If it's going to be two years, that means Imani reclassifies to 2021 and then his second year is 2022. So... Um, I mean, the MSU would be presumed national title favorites, I would think, in both years, probably top five at the very least. Yeah. And finally, from Elin Bloom, if Izzo gets another national championship, should we be considered the best? Should he be considered the best coach to ever coach in Michigan? I think, yes. I, I mean, I think he already should be considered that. It's yeah. Like I, I mean, I guess. Bowman. And then him, well, right? Well, I, I, I'm I'm sure the Michigan crowd would say Bo. Yeah. Okay. How many natties does Bo have? Um, so I, I think it's Scotty Bowman right now, and I think if Izzo gets another one or another two, he's right there. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. Uh, I I don't disagree. Uh, and I sh- good call on Scotty. Um, hadn't even thought about that. Mm. So. You're welcome. This is sports uh, podcast. The hosts <laughs> need to know a thing or two. <laughs> uh, well, only one of them does. Uh, next up is a first time questioner uh, at Dan Hellpepper. Welcome, Dan. Welcome to the power rankings. Wants to know what big 10 basketball cr- program do MSU fans need to dislike more? And why is it Indiana? I uh, poor Dan, after I just said Bloomington is a great Midwestern town. Um, <laughs> Raymond chimed in here with Purdue. I think that's the answer now. Yeah. It used to be Wisconsin. Like Indiana is Indiana, but they never, I mean, other than, you know, poor Derek Nix being set up for a little bit of a tap sack that he didn't commit. Like, honestly, what has Indiana really done to us? Like Tom Crean, was kind of an estranged member of the Spartan family and they have not been, I mean, they, they did sweep us a couple seasons ago. Um, I I have uh, an addition besides Purdue. Yeah. Iowa. And hear me out. Fran. Ridiculous. Let's start there. Fran is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Second. Iowa fans do not understand basketball. Okay. Like, they they will will scream foul because it's their first time watching a basketball game. They are so convinced that they are a natty powerhouse next year because Luca Garza may come back, which I honestly don't understand him coming back. But fine, if he does, great. I, I'm happy for him either way. Like what I mean, I understand him coming back. He's not going to get drafted in the first round. So well, all right, I, I get it. But he's a good college basketball player and he's not going to the NBA but, doesn't think he translates. Continue. But other point their their belief in this seemingly doesn't realize that an important part of winning a natty by like not just from from a school that has flirted with it many times since 2000, but statistically is backed up as playing defense and you guys don't play it. You don't play defense. So I, I just, Iowa to me is like in its own right, one that should 
maybe deserve a little bit more scorn. And y'all have as a mascot that uh, that lady who has a fake show that really, really wants to be on Barstool that likes to troll Michigan State for rape allegations. So there's that, too. She's not great. No, she's not uh... Uh, thank you, Dan Hellpepper. Appreciate it. On to Sawyer like Tom. First question, your kid signs up to play a sport, but the coach backs out and you're all they've got. What sport would you actually want to coach? And are there any youth sports so terrible that you'd let your kids team dissolve? So, uh, <laughs> uh, I would say that my answer is the same to both questions. So if they are sufficiently old enough, Baseball is the one that I would want to coach or softball. Um, and if they are young enough, baseball is the one that I would glad or softball is the one that I would gladly dissolve. Dude, watching real little kids, baseball or softball is painful, truly awful, truly awful experience. Um, I would be a fantastic uh, tennis coach. I would just destroy all of the competition with my tennis coaching. I, so I thought for sure you were going to say tetherball. <laughs> that too. You're uh, just gonna, next, all six, four of you just up there. Why can't you stop it? Why can't you stop it? <laughs> why can't you just be six, four wailing on the table? <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up from Sawyer like Tom on a scale from one to outlaw them immediately. How much do you hate fireworks? Well, first Sawyer like Tom, uh, I'm going to hmm. pass the mic to Greg here in a second, but you're talking about my F and birthday. So why don't you take a chill pill on the fireworks? Greg, the stage is yours. Yeah, so as someone that's never really had much of an appreciation for fireworks, I do find it interesting that as I've aged into a time in my life where many of my peers have kids, now is when I'm starting to learn that many of them don't appreciate fireworks. And I, I wonder if maybe there's a bit of a bias here. You know, like fireworks were fine when it was you lighting them off when you were four beers deep at 1130. Um, But now, hey, hey, eight beers deep. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Oh, but now that you've got to put a kid to bed, now fireworks are terrible and everyone's the worst. Like, yeah. Do you think maybe this is a bit of a perception bias uh, on your part, fellow Mm -hmm. millennials that I've I've been seeing on Facebook? This is a get off my lawn situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is a little bit. I think it only just started bothering you recently. And uh, many of you, surely not all of you, but many of you should maybe think about that. Consider it. Anything else you want to add to that? Nope. Perfectly said. Next question from Sawyer Like Tom is, you're at Trivia Night. What category will you be able to help with most? Uh, Let's go with... um, MSU football and basketball players circa 2000 to 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would probably say geography and history, American history specifically. Yeah. Um, All right. Next question from Sawyer Like Tom is when you say the pod, quote, tries not to get political, end quote, how do you define that? seems pretty clear you're not right wing why not just come out and say that you're the current president is a white nationalist who is a danger to democracy okay i think our answer to that would be we do talk about politics as it relates to sports 
and we try not to dwell on the political aspect. So I, I won't pretend that, you know, politics doesn't permeate all parts of culture and sports included, but I do think, and I'll, I'll defer to you on a lot of this. I, I do think that we, we don't necessarily have to insert politics into this and it can be sort of separate, um, from that, like we'll discuss it when it's relevant and, and we'll leave it where it is um, when it's not. Although I do think that our positions kind of speak for themselves um, on a lot of this stuff. Is, is there any, you've got stuff you want to add, I know. Yeah, no. So I would just say that um, we have values and values don't have to be political. We've spoken actually at length in in the wake of George Floyd's death and our disappointment with uh, a COVID response in this country that has caused people to die and for us to not be able to see our families that that and, and those things have intersected with sports. But we have a sports podcast that we are not afraid to speak about our values and we would be, I, I think we both feel like we wouldn't be honest to ourselves and to whomever chooses to listen to us if we didn't speak about our values. But ultimately, um, being invested in politics, which is something that it's not like Kevin and I don't follow politics, but can really weigh you down. And sports is it is a moment where... I can think about something else that I don't have to be part of the horse race. And so for those who maybe turn to us, um, whether they have a similar mindset or whether they're just happy to be engaging in a conversation, maybe not directly, but that that's this space. Um, we have our thoughts about the president, but that's, but we're not here to talk politics we are here to talk values, though, when those values intersect with sports. And so we are we absolutely believe that Black Lives Matter and we absolutely b- believe in uh, believing survivors. And those are things that have 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 brushed with MSU. So we've talked about them. I would also add, just because I've been thinking about it, we haven't been perfect. I, I think there are times that we both wish we could have some of the things back or we could have elaborated certain ways or we could have said something differently. Um, but like, you know, all people in our positions we're we're trying and we're approaching these topics from a position of good faith. And I do hope that that at the very least comes through. Yes. I, I, yeah, certainly there are things that, uh, that, that I wish we could have done differently at times or just phrased differently because we didn't yeah. say it the right way. Um, <laughs> you become uh, very aware of what you're saying when you know that it's being recorded and being broadcast out. Hell, uh, I, so. I, I had Greg cut a joke I made that <laughs> later went on to be true yes. because, yeah. because I was could being it. sensitive to it. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. Anyway, but- I, if you think we're due criticism, let us know. I, I yeah. think that's fair too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but that's that's the reason that we try and not be political, but uh, but lead with values. So that's that's the answer. Um, 
though we'll call people out in our real lives as needed. Uh, next up is John Hubbard, who asks, will there be a can't read, can't write pool for when it's announced that football season is canceled? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, uh, do you, you got to be more specific, John, because um, if if it's any football season, the Ivy League seems very close to that announcement, like within yeah. a week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this could I think this could happen really fast. Um, yeah, it's probably not even worth putting the odds out there. Uh, next up from John Hubbard, who is the hero we need but don't deserve? Who is the hero we deserve but don't need? <laughs> Uh, so I think, uh, the, I'm going to, I'm going to make these Spartans. Uh, well, no, it, first of all, the one, the first one doesn't need, uh, uh, to be a Spartan or not. It's obviously Drew Stanton. Um, he is the hero we need, but did not deserve, do not deserve. Uh, he was, who's the hero we deserve, but do not need, um, J.U. Kulkrook. I'm going to say it. God, I don't know why, where this <laughs> resentment for J.U. Kokra comes from. Um, the man played hard in the green and white. I don't, I don't know what you want. Um, he bowling balled forward for two yards after Javon did all the work. All right. All right. We're moving on. If you could have the Rollins clone anyone for you, who would you have cloned and why? I we'll mean, defer to uh, you, nerd. Yeah. Uh, can we take a thousand Cassius Winston's uh, that we just can always take out a cryostasis and plug another Cassius Winston in? Oh, I like my that. God. Oh my uh, God. Uh, next question from, and last question from John Hubbard is when you were in seventh grade, were you a Pamela Anderson or Carmen Electra guy? Ah, uh, this is a big neither for me, dog. I'm with you. I saw this question. I was like, wait, how old is John? Because neither like it, it was, we were like in Brittany Christina land at that point. In yeah. Time, right. I think, uh, I, maybe John was a precocious uh, youth because I thought we were about the same age, but like those people seemed like old women to me. At that <laughs> yes. <age>. And <laughs> I heard like my uncles or whoever talk about right. that. I, I never got it. I never saw the thing there. Um, so sorry, John, to disappoint you. Uh, you red-blooded American seventh grader. Um so anyway, next up from Brandon List, Bicky or Tupac? Um, Biggie. Yeah, I agree on Biggie. Um, I like some Pac, but Biggie is the dude. Uh, next up from Brandon List, Pat Narduzzi drunk test. Pat Narduzzi, who's getting a lot of uh, play on the Twitter questions this week, yes. drug texts Mel Tucker at the at the Riv. Where you at? What happens next? Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I think. <laughs> uh, oh man, I think Tucker is like a, a beggar's guy. I think, I think Mel says, knows exactly what to do. He puts his favorite jersey on and he heads down to Rama and they just start buying rounds. Buy. Rounds just start flowing. I, I could see the other rip. I could see the dues as a man who would like if if the dues was head coach of MSU, I could see him showing up at the rib and buying people rounds. I see that for sure. For sure. Um, maybe that's a good 
indicator for why pet or disease. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, for Brandon List, Kim Jong-un, Mark D'Antonio, and Imani Bates are hanging in the spa car of the armored train. Who's getting into the hot tub first? Uh, it, it seems obvious to me that in that scenario, no one feels really safe other than Kim Jong-un. So Kim Jong-un is hopping in that hot tub and is like, why aren't you guys getting in? Yeah, I just picture Mark and Amani like making eyes at one another. Like, um, we're in the man's armored train. Like, uh, like what do we what do we do here? Right. Um, ultimately, I think Amani goes for it, and he's just like, "This would be a great story. Uh, this would look good on TikTok. Let's go on the TikToks." Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's um, what I'm, I figure. Yeah, sure. All right. Um... All right. Uh, next up is from Go MSU Butt Boy sixty nine, who asks, uh, who's been doing a bit. So he, not a bit. Uh, he asks, "What's a charity I can platform for my birthday um, to celebrate his birthday?" He's been using his Twitter following to highlight uh, charities that uh, that mean something to people. You got anything you want to give a shout out to? Because I got a couple things. Uh, there's the Survivor Fund. Yeah, that's that's a good one. You want to keep it local. Um... If you want to stay zeitgeisty, uh, you could do the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, something like that. Uh, you could always do Doctors Without Borders. That's always a classic. Uh, what do you got? What do you think? So um, one that uh, – so two that I want to give a shout-out to is uh, joincampaignzero.org um, or Campaign Zero, which has to do with ending police violence in America. Um, it is, uh, a policy-based organization. So, um, they, they, not that you need to use science, uh, for this, but uh, the gist of it is that of all police killings, um, over the appreciable time, uh, you know, recent past, like 70% of them have been of people who don't have a gun. Um, so that's way too many people who are dying, who are not um, an equivalent threat to the force that police have available to them. So they've introduced policy measures that are studied and proven as a way to end police violence uh, or police murders, killings, whatever you want to call them, uh, that makes it feel appropriate for you. So uh, Campaign Zero is one that I'd like to highlight. And the other one uh, that I think is most important is Vote.org. Um we certainly will probably talk about it as election season comes along, but everyone, please register to vote. Please vote. Like that is the single, whatever your political beliefs, the single most important thing you can do is vote. So uh, those would be the two for me, um, Zanjo. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what I got. Great. Uh, and finally, the real upper deck jerk guy for the first week of the July Twitter questions, Jonesy. Oh, Kevin, I think we're out of time, so we got to go. But it's been a great episode. Uh, Maybe next week we'll have the Epidectric Guy back on. It's a little late. Um, But I want to give a a very, very robust go green, Kevin. Go away, Jonesy.